You're listening to Inside the 22. Good mate, Dales, and I've actually been excited to watch the Wallabies against his Quades back, and he's going to be your next 10 for the next 10 years, and how good is that? I don't know about 10 years. 15? Maybe 20 at this rate. How bloody good. No, absolutely amazing. Um, shocking. I was speechless on Saturday night. Um, Sunday night, sorry. Post that uh, illustrious penalty goal. But... Um, Let's call a Quaid a Quaid. He's back. Let's call a Quaid a Quaid to Quaidsman returns. He should have been back in weeks ago, like I was saying, but, you know, we'll, we can get into that further down. No, no, no. What are we going to run through? What have we got in the, in the, uh, in the chapter listening for today? We're going to do a, a little recap of both the games from the weekend. Uh, obviously, as we've touched on, call a Quaid a Quaid to Quaidsman uh, and the All Blacks against Argentina. And then we'll preview... Uh, the double header again for Saturday. Um, then we'll move on to the off the bench section, um, which is where Quades come from. Unbelievable! It's going to be a very Quade heavy to Quadesman style podcast. Um, followed by a little bit of um, multi action, I believe. Yours is locked in already, Dale. Might win some good cash. Hopefully it does. Sports bet account's not looking too good over the last few weeks, is it, Big Lad? No, my sports bet account's been absolutely fantastic the last couple of weeks. Not from not from anything to do with rugby. Um, got up on the Survivor winner. Haley won me about 120 bucks. Daniel Ricciardo over the weekend won me a fair bit of coin. So um, just no rugby. Dude, so should we turn this into a um, Survivor slash F1 podcast? My, my, the multi-section will be more fruitful than uh, than our current one if we do that. I've still got to do mine. Maybe I'll um, work on some 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 non-rugby union multi-magic going on in there. Oh, well, well, you can't do any worse than you have been prior, uh, so maybe you need to do it, make a change up. Last three weeks, I've had two legs lose. Unbelievable. Unbelievable luck. I'm still in sports bet. What for? My bet's losing. <laughs> Good luck with that one. Ah, well, let's roll into um, Quay Cooper, King Quay. Should have been in the team weeks ago, like I was saying on the podcast. No. He, I thought he got brought in at, at the exact right time. Because, um, well, he had two weeks in camp before getting picked. So he had about two and a half weeks total. You can't put a... Someone who hasn't played international footy for over four years into the starting side without training for at least two weeks. So I think they I mean, waited long enough. Might have been the All Blacks. We were never going to beat the All Blacks. Quay doesn't give us 40 points. Can I quote you on that going forward? What, that we wouldn't have beat the All Blacks in the third Bledisloe in Perth if Quade played? Sure. sure. Go for it. It'll be applicable at some point. I'll drag this one out of the <laughs> Don't worry about that. No, I think it was a good a good timing for the selection. Um, 
I, I know it, we've seen enough of Noah to know that he's not ready yet. Um, he's still the best domestic 10 in terms of super rugby 10s. Um, but he's just not there yet on the international stage to lead, to lead the team out. He's sort of got a similar, it's almost like a, sorry, it's almost like a direct opposite story to Mwanga in the sense that both came into Super Rugby really young, did really well from the bat in Super Rugby. Um, but obviously Richie Mwanga had Bowden Bar- Barrett getting World Player of the Year in the two, three, four years that uh, he started playing Super Rugby, so he wasn't even getting a look in. But that actually let him settle in at Super Rugby, get a couple of years under his belt and really develop and, and uh, sort of allow him to become the player he is today because he didn't have the pressure, but he was able to, to thrive in a more relaxed um, environment, whereas Noah's almost got the complete opposite. Same sort of initiation to Super Rugby, but first year in Super Rugby gets thrown in starts in his second or third test, gets demolished, uh, and then starts the following year. Did a good job, uh, an okay good job against France. Um, He had his kicking boots in the French series, didn't bring him to the rugby championship apparently. Um, But uh, he'll get there. He just needs needs a bit of time. Um, Surely 12 to 18 months just focusing on super rugby, but being around the Wallaby squad, um, learning from Quaid is the one thing that no one needs is to really take it to the line a bit more and really have that sort of attacking presence at the moment. He's just so deep in attack and just sort of just sort of looks like he's a bit of a role player um, in, in the international setup. So I think it, it really just needs a little bit of improvement in, in his game management, um, gets, needs some confidence and then just general experience, and I think he'll, he'll get there. I mean, you look at look at the team that he's got around him. They're all so young. If you chuck a young team with a young ten, there's got no one's there to sort of lead the charge. So I think that's where Quaid slipped in perfectly. It's the sort of perfect balance of of youth and experience. You have got people like Hoops, who's obviously about to become the most capped uh, Wallaby captain of all time uh, tomorrow night. And but then you've also got people who've got there's about five or six of them have less than ten caps. So Having a ten that's so young doesn't really work in that in that sort of style. With the return of Karevi as well, I think you guys look like a completely different team with uh, with Quaid and Karevi in there compared to Lolasio and Paisami. Yeah, definitely. Quaid obviously just always flattens up the attack. Um, attack loves attacking the line, loves making his decisions late. Sometimes to the, the detriment of his own team because they don't even know what he's doing. So, well, I mean. If the opposition don't know how what he's doing, how is your is your teammate supposed to know as well? So it's just a completely different game style. The touched on earlier, Noah likes to sit back a bit more, and that's something that he really lacks in attacking the line. Whereas Quade's the the polar opposite, loves flattening the attack up, loves little short balls, and him working with Karevi. Obviously, they've played it with the Reds together for years prior to Quade leaving. Um, but the game styles fit each other so well that Karevi's just a bailout option whenever Quaid needs it, if if there's nothing on and nothing eventuates, and still able to get game line so often. So um, they really do complement each other well. And 8 from 8 off the kicking tee as well, which was pretty classy. I can't believe they were tossing up between him and Reese Hodge, who'd only been on the pitch 10 minutes. How about Hoops going... Quaid's just gone straight to the spot, picked the ball up. 
Hoops turns around and goes, oh, gee, come over here and have a chat about it. I think at that point, you just... Because, wait, he kicked one from almost the same spot, right? About five, six minutes earlier. And I think it was a little bit further back because I was also questioning. I was like, I don't know if he's got the distance because he, he only just snuck it over the last one. But surely he's, you back him, right? And that's what Hoops did. Like, you're seven and you've got a kick to win it. You're backing him. You back the one who's not. You don't back the bloke who's missed three kicks in the last two years to win games uh, after the sirens gone in Reese Hodge. You absolutely don't. And some of the physicality on show, you almost you really took it to the box in that department, which is pretty tough against the pack with Etzebet, the Yaga, um, etc. But Swinton in particular is a psychopath. Yeah, he was making lots of tackles. Some some legal, some not. Uh, but I think that's what you're going to get. You're going to get that sort of controlled aggression with Swinton. Um, Valentini as well, a bit more, uh, not, a, not as hot-headed as, as uh, Swinton is going into the, into the contact zone, but um, still putting shots on. I think that the first half was evenly matched in terms of physicality. The second half sort of seemed to favour the box, particularly as Flaufinger went off. Um, for that yellow card, which we'll touch on in a second. And then, obviously, that, that devastating rolling wall that we know that the box have getting uh, marks, he's, he's double for the game. But, um, yeah, I think particularly in the first half, the it was anyone's game in, in terms of physicality. Um, boxers seemed to tip it at, at the end. A few, few, uh, few bits of ill discipline, particularly Khaleesi's yellow card. What did you think of that? Red card? Oh, he, he's see Khaleesi is so lucky that Tom Banks put his hands out because if he if, if Banks doesn't put his hands out to brace his fall and lands on his head, that's a that's a red card in six weeks. Um, he also he he just kept driving him as well. It wasn't like a, a normal tip tackle where you sort of get him off balance and they just sort of fall. He he really looks to drive him into the ground and, and Banks was lucky to get his hands out. He made it look a lot worse than he needed to, I think, because he could have just put him down when he was in the air and he properly tipped him and drove him. Yeah, that's what, like, he, he just sort of looked to drive him into the ground. So, Thanks, Bob, and the South African captain. Yeah, he, he piped up as well. Kellaway came in and um, to make sure Banksy was all right, threw a couple of handbags and then... It looked like it was about to kick off, but you can't really spear tackle someone and then look to start finding people. It's not a great look, particularly as a as a captain. Moving on with Callaway, he, he's looking like the complete test match winger, isn't he? He's got all the makings of the the next Adam Ashley Cooper, Mister Dependable. Does the the little things right, all the basics, um, and then he like he just does. Everything that he needs to do right, he does it. And he doesn't. He doesn't sort of. He's not making those flashy passes or the, or the like the, the amazing move that pulls off that you wouldn't thought. He just does all the right things, all the all the basic things right. He's in the right spot at the right time. Beats the player when he needs to beat them. Like that try he scored. It, it might have been a little bit forward from Karevi, um, that pass. A little bit. Um, we'll allow it. Yeah, we'll, we'll allow it. But he, he beats three players after inside the, the spring box 22 in, um, I think it was Mapipi, LaRue, and might have been Faf. Um, he went untouched, and there was three defenders there. 
So he just does the, the little things right. It was just a little, simple little right foot step that got him through. It wasn't anything crazy, but he, he just does everything right, makes his tackles in the right spot at the right time. And it, it just complements the, the back line so much because you've got these young guys like Ikatao, um and Banks, and then you've got someone who's their game style is so dependable in its nature that it just sort of relaxes that you know you can trust him even though he's only got about six caps to his name. Can't stop scoring tries. And tell me, tucking jerseys, are they back? Oh, tucking jerseys are back in a big way. Um, there's something about a gold jersey, or not even a gold jersey, any jersey really, any jersey where you're, your shorts are different colour to your jersey, so you can really see there's a big tuck in. You look ten times more intimidating. Maximum aggression move. Karevi, Samu and Quaid all rocked it last week, and guess what? They were some of the better players on the field. Um, and Jordan Pattaya was, was caught what, uh, wearing one at training this week, and he was rocking a long-sleeve tuck-in, so... Watch out for a big game this week. If anyone wants to put any time try score a bet on, put on uh, Geordie Pattaya to come on in 20 minutes and, and bag himself a meat pie. He's starting at 23, Geordie Pattaya, this weekend? Uh, yeah, he is. It's, it's more or less an un, unchanged team. I think Darcy Swain has come in for Salakai Loto off the bench. Um, other than that, it's more or less the same. Well, it's looking good, and we'll, we'll, we'll look forward to that one a bit later on, but Argentina, not really offering much, are they, against these All Blacks? Going to take 50 this weekend. 50, oh, in an international game. Back your money on the nil. Yeah, that was, I was a bit surprised, actually, because um, Argentina has sort of been developing and growing into this team that, you know, can, can beat the All Blacks, as they did last year. Um, I mean, they looked really good in the first sort of half an hour of the game. Really strong in defence and really strong in the breakdown. They offered absolutely fuck all in attack, but they were they were they were slowing down the the All Blacks. Um, they were defending him. I think it was seven nil only until about the 38th minute, and then um, after that it was it was just a training session for the All Blacks. Bowden Barrett seriously was trying to manifest. Oh my flick pass. He tried to manifest Quaid having a blinder in the next game and just threw this 2011-esque Quaidos Super Rugby Grand Final out back of the hand um, flick pass. I think Jacobson was the one that got on the end of it, but that was that was disgusting. Bowden, if anyone has any questions about whether Bowden Barrett can still play 10, there's your answer. Watch, watch that game. He controlled the game like he was, he was a puppet master. Just did every everything that he wanted to do. I had so many options at the back. Uh, took it so flat to the line. Had so many options at the back. And he was running so flat to the line, it was literally like lambs to the slaughter in attack. Yeah, it was it was crazy. And I, I think against a team like Argentina, you don't hate playing Bodie at 10 or starting him. Like obviously, you'd, you'd want Richie in there as well in some way, but... We were actually talking about this on on the game day. We said, "Oh, well, now that Bowden Barrett's back as a like one of the world's best players, who do you pick?" And I sort of came to the conclusion that for a game for a team like Argentina, that are quite 
strong in defense, but, you know, they, they sort of don't really offer a lot. It's quite scrappy. It's, there's not a whole lot of structure to it. It's a, a lot of off the cusp sort of stuff. You can sort of get away with having Bodie at 10 because you don't need that massive structure in your attack because the defense is so unstructured. But if you come up against a team like South Africa, for example, you're picking Richie at 10 hands down. Um, because of that structure that he offers, that because you come up against such a, a structured defence and such a forward-heavy game, that you really need to to work your to your game plan perfectly. Um, but I I think Bodie's he's back in a in a big way uh, after watching these games. But this weekend, looking forward to the to the double header to the double header on Saturday this weekend. Obviously, the teams playing each other again. Um, not mixing it up at all. You've got you got Damian McKenzie at ten and Geordie Barrett at fifteen, which is probably equally as terrifying. Yeah, I mean the the New Zealand have basically picked a whole new team. It's ridiculous. Um, I'm just I'm looking at ten list now. It's a, a all new second row, all new back row. Uh, I think Yuani and Geordie. Barrett, oh, no, George Bridge, Iwani, and Jordy Barrett are the only ones in the backs who are playing in the same position as they did last week. Um, oh yeah, you got Perinara and McKenzie. I don't, I don't see how this changes the outcome uh, as opposed to like last week's game at all. I, if anything, you're picking players who like to play fuck it footy more. This week than you are last week. I reckon it's gonna. It could even be more. Like yeah, okay, they might not be as good of players. So you obviously you don't have your boat and Barrett. You got McKenzie, but he McKenzie in open, in open field plays disgustingly horrible to defend against. Um, so I don't see how this is this changes the the scoreline in any way, um, unless Argentina just bringing a whole different team out or a whole different mentality to the game. It's going to be pretty one-way traffic once again. I just I just hope they can get off the donuts. They didn't even get into the All Blacks 22 until the last 10 minutes of the game. Um, so it doesn't really give you much hope that they're going to be able to conjure up a new attack within six days. I mean, it's, it's a lot easier to fix a defence and make a defensive plan in six days than it is making an attacking plan in... Uh, in six days, and against this All Blacks team, with a bit a lot of changes, um, it's going to be pretty tricky for them, isn't it? Yeah, I just hope there's less TMOs in this game. Oh my word! Second half took about seventy minutes. Every second play, there was something going on the TMO. Oh, it was terrible, honestly. Um, less TMOs, and just let them score next time, Argentina, so you can get the ball back. Like, come on. You're not, yeah, you're not winning any breakdowns in the second half in, in last week. So um, to get some possession, chuck an extra seven on. It's already 41 nil. Who cares? Moving on then to the Wallabies against South Africa preview. We're expecting a bit of a, a fight back from South Africa this week. I reckon it's going to be almost an identical style of game to last week. Um, it's the fortress that is Suncorp Stadium. We're undefeated there. On the last nine occasions, we're going for 10. I think the last loss we had was England in 2016. Um, I don't know what what's in the water up in, uh, in Brisbane. Unbeaten series. 
He shut up. The unbeaten year for England Rugby 2016. Oh, yeah. That was great. Yeah, the year after you didn't get out of the pool of the the Home World Cup. Pull that out of the rubble. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I I reckon it's going to be a very similar game. I I think it's still going to be close. It's going to be physical. Quaid's going to have a really nice flat attack. Um, Loose forwards are going to be putting on shots, trying to match the, the box and the physicality. I reckon Wallabies again by a really small margin, saying one between one and five. But I don't see how the game really changes that much. Um, the only change in the Wallabies side is Nick White and Tate are swapping, so Nick White will start. I actually really like this decision against a team like South Africa. It's a much slower and more physical game, so your nine has to have a different sort of skill set and be a bit more well-rounded. So Nick White's obviously got a better a better kicking game and just generally control sort of a game manager, whereas Tate's a bit more he obviously you can he, he's known for his sniping and his running game. Um and he's really like eager to get out out of the ruck. So I think Nick White's the right person to start this week. Um but I think Tate might even get a half like they did last week. They they split it basically at half time. Um maybe Tate will get thirty to bring on that spark at the end. Um, but, yeah, if it was against New Zealand or Argentina, I'd, I'd still probably start Tate, uh, but just against this such well-structured and defensive and physical side, I think Nick White's the best guy. Moving on then to the off the bench section for the news that you may not have heard. And the first bullet point here, I am stoked. The MPC is back, Dells. It's back. We can punt on it. It's back. We're back. Let's go. I can lose. I'm just happy I can lose more money now. I, I didn't. I was. I was. As I said earlier, I was, I was betting on F1. I was betting on Survivor. Um, I even bet on the Bachelor. You got nearly as bad as you did at the start of COVID when we were living together. You were betting on ScoMo's tie every day. Yeah, I was actually winning those. The thing is, I win all the bets that aren't rugby-related, apparently. Maybe it's a sign. Maybe I should stop betting on that and start betting on scripted reality television um, and motorsport. So, MPC, back. Amazing. Brilliant news. Is it for all the clubs, or is it just for some of them that are outside Auckland? I think it's just the ones outside of Auckland, but I could be wrong. Um, I think there's only four games on this weekend, so I, I would assume that it's more so focused to the, the teams outside of Auckland. Uh, and in the second bit of news, Tom Liner, Premiership uh, Rugby winner with Harlequins. No, so, that's his brother, Lewis. Oh, well, the, a Liner... Has signed for the Queensland Reds, and so does Quade Cooper. There you go. No, he hasn't. Quade, Quade's not there, nor is Louis Liner, who's who won the premiership with uh, Queens. It's Tommy's younger brother, obviously son of Wallaby legend Michael Liner's joined the Queensland Reds for next year. Actually eligible for about three different countries. Um, so he's, it's good to have a Australian talent uh, remain eligible for the Wallabies, and he's signed that he's basically done that by uh, signing an AIU and, and Queensland Reds contract. Well, where's Clay Cooper going? 
He's going back to uh, his second division Japanese side. What? I reckon. I reckon the force. The force need to do something and go. Look, he doesn't work at the Reds because uh, Brad Thorne hates him because he dropped his knee on Richie McCaw's face in front of Brad Thorne in 2011. Uh, Rebels. He's been there. Didn't really work out that well. Brummies have Noah. Tars have Will Harrison. Oh, you can replace. You can bring. The force are choosing between Domingo Miotti, Jake McIntyre. And John O'Lance, what an upgrade. Would that not be the funnest team to watch? A bunch of, like, underdogs from WA where they've been battling for the last two and a half years to get their team to remain in the comp, and then, bang, they sign Quade Cooper and win the comp the following year. Well, Mr. Forrest surely got some cash there. Mate, Twiggy's got some cash. Just then a flash at Quade's way. Um, Wallabies introduced permanent indigenous jersey designs uh, for the numbers. Uh, still couldn't fix the cabaret logo, though. No, um, but they did also bring out the indigenous jersey, which I think we talked about prior, and the jersey colour, sorry, the, the Cadbury logo colour is gold. So it's not a production or manufacturing issue. It's someone in the Rugby Australia marketing team decided that purple was a good look on a gold or, dare I say, orange jersey. Orange? Mate, yeah. looks, the second that someone gets a bit of sweat going, those things go bright orange. There's not gold anymore. Someone needs to have a word. Uh, point number four, James O'Connor linked her positional switch at 15. It's currently available for selection, but has been left out. Why is this? And why are they going to put him at 15 and not Jordan Passat? Well, there's... There's been links to a potential, it's all alleged or potential, um, that he might get a, a change to 15 um, to provide a bit more depth there. And he seemingly missed the boat in the playing fly half because you know, there's no way he's, he's taken over Quaid's role anytime soon. And he's too old to really try and develop into that for the next World Cup. So... Still a very talented footballer. I still never thought him as a 10. He's played 15 before. I don't hate it. Um, Banks is obviously the the only true out-and-out fullback that we've really got at, at Wallaby level. And whilst he's played all right the last two games, he's he's been quite inconsistent. So I don't really hate this new, the new look James O'Connor... Uh, Quade Cooper, all we need is Kirtley Beal to come back and run 12 and the the boys will be back in town and um, if we, as long as we can get them to stay till next year, there might be a Bledisloe coming back in town as well, who knows Don't tempt that, don't tempt that fate. KB, and if you're listening Quade wouldn't have won you the Bledisloe but I think he might have done Oh, he might have won his game 1 and 2 Just not game 3, eh? I don't, I don't think anyone I don't, You could put Dan Carter on the Wallabies then, I don't think we're winning game three. Now that's a stretch. I will, will not allow that. Um, and finally, Mr. Aaron Smith, Mr. Christchurch Disabled Airport Toilet, uh, will sit out the rest of the rugby championship and will be tearing up against some bin men for Manawatu. How about that? Yeah, I mean, imagine that. You, you rock up, you, you, you play club footy, you've had a good year, you get picked. And then you rock up on a Sunday afternoon, 
And who's there standing? Who's standing there? Fucking the best halfback in the world. Who goes? Oh, I, I don't really want to. I don't feel like playing for the All Blacks this weekend. I'm going to play for Manawatu. Jesus, in the they're not even in the top league for the NPC. They're in the second division of the NPC as well. Yeah. Imagine that. But uh, he's gonna he's gonna tear up. Uh, that's for sure. He's gonna just have a field day. Be very fun watching. And that brings us to the end of Off the Bench. Oh, bit of a uh, bit of the old segment, Multi Magic. We've had enough of Harry Potter world, and we're calling it a bit of five on five. Five dollars, five bets, five wins a week. How about that? Oh, five wins a week. That'd be nice. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Dells, what are you got on? Um, I went uh, an all-Southern uh, Hemisphere week this week. Um, obviously, the, we've got the Premiership starting up, but uh, I thought, no, give give one week we allow for the uh, the bookies to get it all wrong. Um, so I've gone Wellington minus four and a half against Taranaki, Tasman 13 plus against Northland. I know I said... I. I Australia will win by a small margin, but yeah, exactly. they're, they're not, not well. They're not favourites. So what I've done is I've given myself a ten a ten point security buffer. So I've gone Australia plus ten and a half. You coward! South Africa. You coward! Then I got New Zealand thirteen plus. That's a lock. Um, and then Bay of Plenty. I've gone head to head against Hawks Bay. Bit of an outsider. And that that brings uh, five dollars will turn into forty one forty six. Lovely. What have you got? I got a bit of Wellington minus four and a half, same as you against the Naki. I've been punchy. Australia head to head. You got the cojones that I don't have. Give me some Quaid and Karevi action right now. But I've got uh, Northampton Saints in the Premiership minus seven and a half at home to Gloucester. About to throw in a bit of football. Improve the odds. Make it. M- let's make this a stretch bet. Arsenal away to Burnley. Give me some of that. And then Quinns at home to uh, away. Sorry to the Newcastle Falcons minus four and a half. Five dollars Dales turns into two hundred and sixty-six. Now I, I know I know you don't read the script, but we are a rugby podcast. Yes, and you've thrown. A soccer bet in there. Well, I needed something to boost the odds. Something unrealistic. But you didn't want. You didn't want to take Argentina head to head on New Zealand. Couldn't find it on Sportsbet. They're taking it down. Uh, well, I, I managed to somehow get it. They're taking the game. Have a look on your Sportsbet now. Go on the Rugby Championship. One That's game. Like rugby Union. All Rugby Union. Rugby Championship. Uh, there we go. Argentina paying twelve dollars fifty. It's not on mine. Well, it's on mine right here. It's, right. Uh, well, it's not on mine, so, it's you know. <laughs> no, let me have a look. Let's see. It's reappeared. Ah, yes, that old chestnut. Hey, Dows, do you like jokes about elevators? Oh, they just work on so many levels, don't they? God, they work on so many levels, don't they, yeah. these elevated jokes? They I, work 
I even said the punchline and he still says it. Well, you know, you've done your research. Well done. How do you come up with that? You did send me that. No, uh, no, 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 no. Blah, blah, blah. Well, the end of the podcast. Happy days. Thanks for listening. At Inside22.pod at Instagram, whatever it is. You can round this off, Del. You seem to get further and further away from it every week. Yeah, kind of, hey. Oh, here I am cleaning up the mess once again. Instagram, at Inside the 22 pod. Facebook, Inside the 22. Then uh, you can search on iTunes uh, or Apple, uh, not Apple Podcasts, that is iTunes. I Google Podcasts. You're in up the mess. Here we uh, Apple Podcasts. Apple dot podcasts and SoundCloud dot podcasts. You can listen to it all again. Or you can just find us at our website, www.insider22.com. I was getting those dots from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> that just about rounds us out for another week. Hopefully we won't take another two-week sabbatical um, and then get flung back into the uh, starting lineup like one Quaidos. Um Work for him. Maybe it's going to work for us. Well, maybe now we'll be uh, more regular, have more regular appearances. Who knows? We're now going to become better men. And record a podcast weekly. That's the goal anyway. Better man. <laughs> Reaches the World Cup final against England and dramatically loses in the final. I don't know what year you're uh, predicting that for, because if you think England will be in another World Cup final anytime soon, you've got another thing coming. Right. What are you talking about? Qatar 2022, mate, the football. Oh, hang on. I've gone off on a tangent again. You've gone off on soccer again. Here we go. It doesn't come home. We've been through this. No, no, it does until it doesn't. Yeah, exactly right. 2022, mate, and 2023 Rugby World Cup. Segway. It's coming home. It's not going home. It's coming home, mate. It's fucking coming home. Low-key, I reckon it's staying in France. The cup going over there as per the requirements uh, for the tournament, I don't think it's getting a – I think it's booking a one-way ticket. My goodness. Let's hope not. Watch out for Anton Dupont. And Roman Intermac. And Bakitawa. Oh, my. Wouldn't want to come up against them in France. Wouldn't want to come up against them anywhere, to be honest. Yeah, that's a fair point. There, uh, start of the year. You didn't have to play any of them. Yeah, look, those three, you're right, didn't didn't come over. Um, only the, the only three that didn't come over that were notable were those three. But, um, oh, that's you too. Huh? Biku? Yeah, not notable. Uh, sure. All right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, this has been rambling on for too long. Yeah, Instagram.pod. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. Perfect. See you next week, Dales. See you, mate. Yeah.